This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. All right, everybody doing well? I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you guys are here and it's summertime and it feels cool in here. The air conditioning's working. That's good. Last summer we had like three Sundays that didn't work. And uh, people were, it was just perspiring, and they were ready to like, like, like either worship or run. And uh, we had some great services, but uh, it's, it's great to be here, and we're very thankful for all that God is doing. I do have to give a quick uh, little story, because you're probably wondering, is, am I talking funny, or what's happening here? Just really quickly, um, a couple days ago, I was eating the most amazing quesadilla I had ever eaten. I was like oozing, like one, ones you bite, and like the cheese just comes out. And I was eating, and all of a sudden, bit my tongue. How many ever done that before? You bite your tongue, and it's like, okay, I'm 36 years old, and I still don't know how to chew. Like, I'm, I'm, I just got to learn how to chew right. And so you bite your tongue, you're like, you know, you know. But uh, so, anyways, I'm talking a little bit different. But the Lord's gonna help me. He's helped me. It's been a good day, and uh, thank you for your patience. Yada yada yada. All right, Acts chapter one and four is gonna be our text, and I'm gonna be uh, kind of just giving you an idea, just a. Kind of a, an idea I've been kind of in my own heart, my own personal study time, just kind of been going through and, and reading and studying. And to be completely honest with you, it's not a fully like developed thought, but it's just kind of what's in my spirit. And I want to share it with you. And then if you want to take these verses and run with them, uh, kind of look into them a little bit deeper, do that, please. Uh, we'll have uh, the, this message on our website, as we always do. And then I'll, I'll put some of these uh, scriptures, because i got a lot of them, and I'm not going to go make, be able to have time to to share all of them with you. So anyhow, Acts chapter 1 and 4, it reads like this. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then it says, verse 6, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So they asked a question. They're about a million miles off. But this is how Jesus responds. He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set in his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After, this, he, uh, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that your living word would teach and minister the written word. Let the word of God fall into good ground and bring forth much fruit in our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, so a couple things here. This is an important verse because this is a transitional verse. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are the gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, these are the four narratives of the gospel, the birth, the life, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. So we have four accounts of the cross. We have four accounts of 
the ministry of Jesus. We have four accounts of the resurrection of Jesus, but we have five accounts of the ascension of Jesus, like his, his farewell to his disciples. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John end where the book of Acts begins, so they actually overlap. It's important. So we get to this critical moment here where Jesus is like, okay, guys, um, I'm going, and you need to go to Jerusalem. And they're like, okay. There's like 500 of them. They're all gathered around. And then all of a sudden, Jesus starts like levitating. And then all of a sudden, he starts like floating into the sky. And before you know it, poof, he's gone. And the disciples and these 500 followers of Jesus did exactly what you and I would have done if we were there. They were like, oh, 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 yeah. Now that was awesome, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like I would like, like right then, like, like grab Mario's guitar and just start doing Kumbaya right there and just like, let's build a monument, let's build a, a memorial, let's like, this is like sacred, this was the place where Jesus, poof, disappeared, right? I mean, can you imagine that? Like, like it's just like he's here, but now it's like, wait, he's gone. Like that was, okay, cool trick, Jesus, come back, you know? And so God has to send two angels who are like, hey, guys, dudes, dudettes, guys, Jesus, just a few minutes ago, told you all to go to where? Jerusalem. And that's like a half a mile away. And, and, and this, is a, this is good, but that's going to be better. Like, it, it, what, what you've experienced here is awesome, but what you're about to experience is going to be life-changing. And, and the church, what we find is constantly in a state of, this was awesome, but God's up to more. There's more that God's up to for us. Many times, and this happens, this is something that's in human nature, is we take an event, an experience, and we want to memorialize it. You wonder why we have so many denominations and different, you know, different groups of Christianity, da, 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 da. It's because, like, like, Different groups go, hey, this happened. So-and-so um, really emphasized this, and this great revival happened. And so it's like, like forever frozen in time, 150 years ago. And so we have denominations that were memorializing history instead of walking into our future. In fact, it was King Hezekiah in the Old Testament who got that brazen serpent, okay? The brazen serpent that Moses used, God, you know, the children of Israel are in, in, in the wilderness, and they're getting bit by snakes, and so God's like, hey, make a brazen serpent, put it up, and whenever someone gets bit, they just look to the brazen serpent, which is a type of Christ, and, and whenever they look to the brazen serpent, they're healed, just like we look to the cross, and we're healed, right? So, and so they got this brazen serpent, and they kept it as like an artifact, and so like 200 years later or more, they get the, the brazen serpent, they start worshiping it, and so Hezekiah the king has to literally destroy it because what was good one day and what was important one day now becomes an idol in the next season. It wasn't supposed to be that way. And so every one of us here today, we've had experiences with God. You wouldn't be here if you hadn't. You, you have a, an, a, some understanding of God. You, you're, you're growing in the gospel. You're growing in the knowledge of Christ, and this is wonderful. But what if I was to tell you that your best day 
in Christ is ahead of you, not behind you. What if I was to say there's an experience coming, you have a date with destiny, and destiny is not asking permission. You have to be there. You have to show up to that moment. You need to, you, you, you've got to be there when heaven opens and this Holy Spirit stuff falls, amen, and you're there endued with power from on high. Jesus says, get there or be square. Now, I put the be square part in, but it sounds really good, all right? Get there. And so every one of us in this room, we, we all have this natural tendency to kind of drift to what is easy, what is known, and what we've already experienced. There are some experiences in God that God wants to take us into as a church corporately and as individuals that we have to obey and press and wait our way into. They're seven days away, and they don't know it. Jesus says, not many days, okay? Which when Jesus says, not many days, I mean, not many days, but then I always quote, one day to the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. So if he says wait, we just wait. Don't know. Seven days later, the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, the Holy Spirit falls. Heaven is open. The atmosphere is changed, and people are filled with the Spirit and begin to speak this crazy language and languages, so much so that this crowd gathers around. It's like, what is going on? You never heard someone speak in your own language? No, but they're all speaking in all of our languages. This is crazy. And the Bible says this in Acts chapter 2. They weren't just speaking in their own language. There's two words that are used there. They say, first, we hear them speaking in our own language. Then they say, later, we hear them speaking in our own dialect. So they're not just speaking their language. They're, they're speaking like their neighborhood language. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like he's not, they're not just speaking Californian. They're speaking like Santa Rosa. You know what I'm saying? Like, not just New York. We're talking like East Bronx. You know what I mean? Like, because when God opens the heavens, he wants to use you to get other people's attention of what heaven is doing. And God is really good at speaking your language. And even your dialect. Isn't God good at getting our attention? I mean, it's one thing like, like whenever like someone talks the same language. It's another, it's another thing when someone talks like the same way you talk. You ever met yourself before? Like you walk up to someone and like you go to fist bump and they go to fist bump. You're like, whoa, fist bumper. Cool. They're like, I like nachos. I like nachos too. Wow. You know what I mean? And so now we got, we got heaven talking through people who haven't learned the language, this experience that's bigger than these believers who just showed up. They just came to the date with destiny, and God's like, boom, Holy Spirit, and everything changes. You've got disciples who were, who were knees twitching and, and fear, you know, hands shaking and afraid and making all the wrong decisions and... and Make, giving all the wrong answers. And, you know, three years Jesus has to deal with these, you know, have you ever seen the Three Stooges? I'm sure that's what Jesus felt like. Like, these disciples, like, you're getting it wrong over and over again. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, like that's what it felt like. And, 
And now, like, Holy Spirit comes, and Peter's, like, preaching miracles, signs. It's like, whoa, what a drastic change. One encounter transforms the weak man, the willing but the weak man, into the man of God, the woman to a woman of God who steps into destiny. I want to tell you this. You have a date with destiny. God's hand is on your life. There's a kairos moment. That means it's an appointed time over your life. God has already chosen you to be filled with His power so you can be on purpose living this life, not in your own will, but in Christ. Amen? So, I want to kind of unpack this for a second. First, we got to get there. First, we got to go, it's okay to leave this. It's okay. This is comfortable. This is easy. This is what we know. This is a <gasps> whoa moment and going, there's more. The next thing we got to understand is that, that when God opens the heavens, it means something. Like, I, I want you to see this with me because this is the, this is the, these are the thoughts I've been thinking. These are the things I've been, you know, kind of, it's in my, it's in my spiritual crockpot. I don't know how you do it, but when I study the Word, I like, I like put the Word in my heart. And it's like a crockpot. It's like cooking in there, right? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, what does this verse mean? And you're just like, okay, let it simmer, let it simmer. Here, it's just, I'm holding it right here. And all of a sudden, like you're walking, like you're, you're, you're driving down the road, and, and all of a sudden, boom, it's like, done, ding. You know, a little like timer goes off. That's what that means, you know what I mean? And, and like scriptures come together, flavors come together, like, so I hope that's not too much for you. <laughs> like, what is happening? They're like, why are Pastor, why, why are Pastor Chad's analogies all food? I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, so the, the, the crock pot, and it's, it's kind of in my like, spirit, and I'm, I'm going, okay, I, these verses, I got I to gotta put these together, okay? And I want to tell you what they are. First, Jesus, heaven's open, boom. He's, in, he's like engulfed in the cloud, boom, out of their sight. Now we've got Pentecost, heaven's open, atmosphere changes, people filled, people speaking in languages they've never been taught. Cool. And I start looking at the verses in the Bible, and you've got all these moments where, like, like Stephen, the first, martyr in the, Bible, in, in the, the first martyr in the New Testament, who dies for the cause of the gospel. When he's being stoned, he, the Bible says the heavens were open, and he sees Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Okay? That's important. Heaven open, something's being accessed. Important. Okay? Paul who is Saul going to Damascus to kill Christians, heavens open, voice comes down, change. Saul becomes Paul, the Apostle Paul, writes the majority of the New Testament. Pretty cool, huh? And you have stories like this. You have, you have the Apostle Peter who, this guy's never, this guy's never been to a, a crawfish dinner because he's Jewish. He doesn't eat crawfish. He doesn't eat etouffee. He doesn't eat gumbo, jambalaya. Can I get an Amen. I'm really noticing, I talk about food a lot. <laughs> I really do. So he's, he's, he's in Joppa. This is Acts chapter 10. And there he is. He's just praying, meditating. And the Lord takes him into a, a trance. And heaven's opened. 
and this net comes down. And there's like, there's like catfish, there's shrimp, there's, we call them crawdads in Texas, crawfish, crawdads, there's, there, there's clam chowder, come on somebody, Boston clam chowder, <laughs> New England clam chowder, whatever it is, you know, Manhattan clam chowder, Bodega Bay clam chowder, <laughs> getting hungry here, and uh, heaven's open, net comes down, and God's like, eat, and now Peter's going to get in an argument with God, uh, can't do that, God. Never eaten this stuff. Don't, I don't, don't, you know, MC Hammer, can't touch this. Dun, 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 you know, and so he's like, can't, can't eat this stuff. God, I, I've never eaten this before. And so God's like, look, you don't say it's unclean if I say it's clean. And I'm sure he was like, all right, here's the bacon. Here's a, you know. And so heaven's open the door is open. Something big is happening. And so I'm, I'm wrapping my mind around this going, okay, heaven, these access points where God is opening stuff and sending stuff down and things are going up in these access points. And so I'm going back to Genesis chapter 28. And just follow along with me here. If you, have, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We'll put it up on the screen. Genesis 28 and 11, some of you may know this story. This is a guy named Jacob. He's the grandson of Abraham, Ab Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Watch this. Genesis 28 and 11 says, when he reached a certain place, this is Jacob running from his brother Esau. He, he's, been, he, he's been a scandal. He's been, he's, he slighted his brother. He took a birthright and he took the blessing. So he's running. He, he's a runner. He's, he's running from his problems. He stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. So imagine stairs, and the bottom touches the earth, and the top goes into heaven. Okay, watch this. With its top reaching heaven, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. It was like... This is the access point. Heaven is moving up and down through this access point. There above it stood the Lord. So where's the Lord? See, if you're paying attention, he's up top. So here's a ladder. Anybody scared of heights? He's up top. There's a ladder, and the bottom of the ladder is touching the earth. The Lord is high, and he's lifted up. He's up at the top. There above it stood the Lord. Verse 16. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. This is a, this is a Kairos moment. This is, a, this is an access point, and I wasn't even aware of it. In the natural, I didn't see this as a God thing, God moment. But the Lord made me aware of what was here. Now, this is the first key in your breakthrough, is you've got to realize what is in your world that you can't receive with the natural man. There's this access that God has given you that you can only see whenever you ask to see it. Do you want to see it? Like, can you imagine, like, like I wish God would answer my prayers. I wish I could stop running. I wish I could, and all of a sudden, God just pulls the blinders in like angel activity. You're like, what? To see the behind the scenes. 
of all the activity. Have you ever felt like God is nowhere and nothing's happening and that God's not fighting for you? But then you have a moment where it all comes together and you see that he was there in the very beginning and, and, and his handiwork and like, like he allowed this and he, it, was like, it was like part of the plan because it brought you to this point and that would have never happened if all this didn't happen and you finally go, he was there the whole time. It's an aha moment, eyes open, access to heaven, everything's making sense. And then he says this, how awesome is this place? This is a place of me running. This is a place of me dodging. This is a place of me trying to get out of dodge. And then all of a sudden now, this is an amazing place. He goes, it is the gate of heaven. And this is what he says. It's the house of God. This is where we get the word Beth El. Beth means house. El is Elohim. House of God. Beth El, house of God. House of God. God's house. God's house. The house of God. The house of God. Bethel, house of God. Are you with me so far? Okay, so house of God, special place, access point, angels going up and down. Now, when you, when you study the life of Jacob, you kind of get an insight of how angels work a little bit. It's pretty cool. Um, there was some angel activity with um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And not only did J- Jacob get to see this, but he also wrestled with an angel. Remember that? And what's interesting is the angel... When he was wrestling with Jacob, was like, hey, I got to go. The sun's about to come up. Remember that? And you're like, I don't know if you're like me. You're like, why does the angel have to go? Is he on the clock? <laughs> like, do some angels work during the day and some at night? I mean, really, what, like, how does this all work? But what we do know is that angels are coming and going from heaven. Is that all right? Am I scaring some of you? Like, what next? He's going to pull out a snake and we're all going to have to carry it? What's, what's happening here? Okay, just hold on. It's all biblical. Angels, access, open doors, heaven. Okay? Now, you see that image. It's very, it's, it's very potent. It's the Lord, a ladder, angels ascending and descending. This is not the only time we see heavens open. Let's look one more time at Matthew 3 and 16. Not to be mistaken with John 3, 16. Matthew 3, 16 says this. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighted upon him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. Heaven opens and now we have this beautiful picture. Okay? Important. Heaven open. This happens in the scripture over and over. More than you realize it happens. Okay? Now, I'm going to give you a little insight to a, 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 a little, little teaching that Jesus gives. It's like one of those little, you know, Jesus gives it, and if you're not careful, you can, you can read it and then move past it. But hopefully I've given you enough background that when, when we read it together, you're going to go, oh, got it. Because remember, it's still in the crock pot. And I want to serve it to you raw. But you're not going to eat it. You're going to put it in your crock pot, and you're going to let it cook a little bit. Is that right? Some of you are like, this guy is so weird. And I'm okay with that. There's a guy named Nathaniel. Nathaniel is a, is a Jew, and he, he's a guy who wants, he's looking for the Messiah. His brother goes and tells him, I found the Messiah. So Nathaniel comes running up to Jesus and is like, are you the Messiah? And Jesus is like, 
I saw you when you were underneath the fig tree thinking about this. And Nathaniel's like, you just blew my mind, dude. Watch what happens. John 1 and 49. Nathaniel answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the son of God, thou art the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said, because I said unto thee, I saw thee when you were under a fig tree? And it's all I had to do and you believed? Awesome. Pretty cool. And then he says this. Thou shalt see greater things than these. He said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven opened, watch, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So remember, Jacob saw, and where was the Lord? It was on top. Now where's the Lord? He's at the bottom. Same gate, same access, different point of reference. So now, our access point to heaven is not a place. You don't have to run to Bethel to go. You don't have to be in the right latitude, longitude. Let's get on a plane. Hey, get all of our prayer requests. Let's gather them up. We're going to give them to uh, Bruce Wing. If anyone's going to fly in a plane, let's get the guy with the last name Wing. Get your wings and go fly to Israel, to Bethel, to a sacred place so you can access heaven. The access point to heaven is no longer a place. Now it's a person. When I get connected with Jesus, there's direct access to all of heaven. You see what's happening here? You're, you're seeing it. Because... because because here's what happens. It's not just things going up, and it's not just things going down. It's as things are going up, things are coming down. Prayers are going up, answers are coming down. Worship's going up, miracles are coming down. Jesus says, I got to go away, but if I go away, I'll send the comforter. You can't send something in. Without something coming back. So as we pray, as we get come into relationship with Jesus, we start accessing kingdom miracles, kingdom blessings. This is what God wants his church to do and connect with. It's not just be a believer, be a saint, praise the Lord. Kumbaya. Stay saved. It's like you just stepped into something that gave you access to what the world's been looking for. You know, I, the, 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 the affluent and the, the people who are, you know, the popular in the world have what they have and pursue what they pursue because they're longing. They don't realize it that access point. They're looking for it. So Jesus addresses this. I'm going to show you this. John 7 and 37. The world is looking for this, hungry for this, and doesn't realize it. John 7 and 37 says this, on the last and greatest day of the festival, seven days they've been feasting, partying, celebrating what God did hundreds of years ago. Okay? How many has ever been to a, uh, like a birthday party that lasted a long time? 
right? Oh, you're not leaving yet. We haven't had the cake yet. I just had 18 servings of your potato salad. Can't eat any more. Oh, you're going to eat more. And then once the cake, it's like, no, now, now we're going to do pinata. And tempt you with Laffy Taffy. The yellow kind, banana. Oh, and then we're going to serve ice cream afterwards. It's like, you just eat. And, and you're like, seven days eating and festivities and and watch what it says here. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. I'm sure there's a lot of people going, I'm, do, I'm, I'm full. But what Jesus is really trying to compel is not a physical thirst, but a spiritual thirst. You've been at the feast all week. You've been doing religious stuff all week long. Is there anybody who's thirsty for more? Because we know how to do that. We know how to be religious. It's in our nature. We don't have to be taught how to be religious. Can I get a witness? Amen. Mix your flesh with your experience and your spirituality. Mix those together. The flesh wants control, dominance, and we create man-made religious structures that serve us and not the Lord. Does that make sense? So, so they're in a religious structure. They've done all week long. And Jesus is like, is there anybody who wants more than this? That's the question. That's the question for you today. That's the question for me, to make, for me today. Are you satisfied? Or do you want more? Do you want more? Like, I'm talking about, like, I'm talking about like, the, like when you pray, stuff happens. I'm talking about like when you worship, it's not like you're just singing songs and like, mm-hmm, great song. It's like when you worship, it's like you're in the ocean. And it's like those waves are just overtaking you. Deep calls to deep. There's a difference. You can tell the difference between somebody who has religion and is just a Christian. I don't, I'm not undermining that. That's wonderful. That's an aha moment. Jesus was taken away. But there's another experience that's going to awaken everything else and make this come alive. So when we pray and when we worship and when we talk to God, we start hearing him talk back. That's a novel concept. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say something, God? You know what I mean? We start hearing the Holy Spirit speaking to us, convicting us, drawing us, changing us. All of a sudden, it's no longer formalities. I went to church, sang three songs, heard a sermon, three points in a poem. It was over. It was great. Wonderful. Let's go eat. There it is again. I don't know what happens. It's like food on the brain. Okay? It's like, no, who's hungry for more? That's what he's saying. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus was not yet glorified. 
So saying this, once Jesus goes up, Holy Spirit can come down. But he's saying, here's the offer I'm giving you. Are you willing to move forward to have that experience? Can I just tell you, I've never seen anybody be filled with the power of God in a passive posture. If he wants to do it, I'll, I'll tell you, when I, people who get the who, people who are baptized the power, it's here. I want it. I want it. I'm not, I'm not satisfied with where I am. I want, I'm hungry for it. I'm thirsty for it. You ever see someone who's like, they got that hangry look in their eye? Hungry and angry come together. You're hangry. Some of you know what I'm talking about right now. You're ready for me to be done so you can go eat. You got to have that. Are you hungry for it? Are you thirsty for it? Because those are the ones that are going to be filled. And he says this. When he fills you with the Spirit, guess what? Jesus, the access, access point who goes to heaven. Where is he? Where is he? He says, I'm going to put my spirit inside of you, and now you become the access point. It's coming out of your life, rivers of living water, Holy Spirit flowing. Some of you are the closest thing that people will ever get to heaven. Your life is the access point. Your testimony, your life, your worship, your prayer. I'm not talking about you preaching, hitting people over the head with a Bible and twisting their arm and manipulating them and trying to do this in the flesh. I'm talking about you, your passion for God. It starts inundating people. They start getting thirsty for it. It starts drawing them. It's, it starts calling them in. This, this, is the, this is the anointing that God's wanting to revive in the church. See, we're, we're, in, a, we're in an amazing time right now. We're in a time where the Bible says there's two things that will happen. There'll be a great falling away. The other thing that he says that will happen, there will be people that have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. They love church. They love symbols. They love the structure, but they lack the power. But what the Lord is doing is, is he's building a church. He's raising up churches that are passionate about the power and the presence of God. This is not about lights and music and what key they were in and crash the cymbal. This isn't about how cute everything is and how skinny your jeans are if you're the worship leader. It's not about that stuff. What it's about is, are we passionate about the presence of God? Are we hungry for more of the presence of God? That's what this is about access point because he says it's all yours the kingdom is yours you want it you go you get it and it's flowing out of your life so i was in i was in bible college and there was a gentleman who lives in east texas the lufkin nacogdoches area probably none of you know that area one two all right three i take my words back thank you I bet only three of you know where that is. 
we'll cut the other part of the tape. All right, no, I'm just kidding. And, and this is one of those guys that, for whatever reason, he's got, God will periodically, like, open his eyes so he can see in the spirit. And he see, sees angels. But not one of those guys that, like, sees angels all the time. Like, he goes to the restaurants, he's like, hoo, 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 you know. He goes to a baseball game, angels in the outfield, you know what I mean? Nothing like that. But God will be like, hey, get ready. I'm going to open your eyes. And it's for a reason. Everything he sees is for a reason. So, like, everything, like, when he sees it, it like, God's like, I'm, I'm going to teach you something. And so he was in a service, and God said, hey, get ready. I'm going to show you something. He says, okay. And so the preaching, the worship, and, and, and afterwards they had people come forward who need, had prayer needs, and they came up for prayer. And the music was going, kind of like what we do. And then the service was over. And the people started leaving and we're talking. And all of a sudden, like service is over, but people are still lingering. He, he's in the room. And all of a sudden, angels, it was like they were on like those cords, you know, like, like what are they called? The, what are those guys? SWAT team, you know, you know, coming in. That was the best description I could come up with. And he said they came, and when they, they came in, their swords were drawn. And the Lord spoke to them and said, these are the answered prayers, but no one's here to receive them. Because they didn't really believe I would answer. Can you imagine that? Praying, but not receiving. Because we ask, what James say? You ask amiss, not really believing. Not really believing. You ask, but not really believing that you have access to heaven. Not really believing that when you pray it, it's like breathing. We breathe in His presence, we exhale miracles. We breathe in His presence, we exhale blessings. We're breathing. Every time we pray, something is exchanged in the Spirit. It's time we start believing that our prayers matter. It start, it's time that we start believing that the church has power here on earth with God in heaven. Some of you are like freaking out. You're like, what kind of church am I in? I'm going to tell you, this is a church that believes that all of the Bible is true. We can't cut it out. We can't, you know... Tear it out like it's all there. He said, greater things than these shall you do. But it's not going to happen unless the comforter comes. When the comforter comes, you have access to everything in heaven. It's yours. So if you're here today and you've said yes to Jesus, but you haven't said yes to the Holy Spirit, today's your day. Say yes to it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Jesus, we, we resurrected Christ, disappears. Oh, okay. But now I was with you, but I shall be in you, living, alive, come to life again. Some of you are here today and you go, I, don't, I didn't realize what my thirst was. I didn't realize I was chasing other stuff, but really thirsty for the presence of God. So I'm speaking it over you right now that today you can be filled with the presence and power of God. Today you can access heaven. Today you can receive a miracle.
Not because of me, not because of this church, not because of anything that we do, but because of your faith and obedience to that faith, the miracle can happen. Would you stand with me? In just a moment, our, our worship team is going to begin to sing. Whenever we start singing, and I ask you to wait till we start singing, you're welcome to go if you need to go. We'd love for you to be a good neighbor and slip out quietly. If you want to talk, do it outside, all that good stuff. But if you want to stay and just rest in it, we want to take some time to just open our hearts and see what God will do today. Our prayer team is coming up quickly, and um, we have them step forward. This team's been praying for you. This team's been believing God for you. You can come up and just tell them, hey, this is what I'm facing. Maybe you need a miracle in your body, a miracle in your finances, a miracle in your spirit. God is able. God is able. God is able. God is able. every eye closed and every head bowed if you're in this room today and and you've never taken your first step in following Jesus to say yes to him and to say no to a lot of other things I want you to make that decision today your life will never be the same we call it repentance. It's a metanoia. It's just a change of mind. It's a change of direction. Metanoia, the word repentance means to just do an about face. I've been going the wrong way for too long. If that's you here today, would you just raise your hand? No one's looking. No one's looking around. I- I'm, ready to, I'm ready to repent. I'm ready to do a metanoia. I'm ready to change my direction. I'm ready to follow Jesus. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If you're here today and you've said yes to Jesus, but you haven't said yes to the Holy Spirit, let Him fill your life and empower you. But you want it. Would you raise your hand? No one's looking around. You don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to be afraid. We've got some hands lifted. Awesome. Holy Spirit, fill this place. We honor you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah.